This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. The Buck Sexton Show. We are joined now by our friend Guy Benson. He is the political editor at townhall.com. He's also a Fox News contributor, author of End of Discussion. Mr. Benson, great to have you. Hey, Buck. How's it going? You know, just trying to, like, get acclimated to the... To the new new uh, regime, so to speak. <laughs> Hopefully, that's a so well, to speak. I, I was at a, a small meeting this morning uh, with Paul Ryan and a number of conservative leaning journalists, and it was all off the record, so I can't get into any of the specifics. But I think that was the general sense in the room of like, "Wow, okay, um, we have united, unified Republican government." <laughs> like, like where this came from is uh, anyone's guess. Um, because the one insight, this was not from Paul Ryan, this was from uh, one of the other journalists, was saying his top sources at both the RNC and the Clinton campaign were convinced even at, you know, 9 o'clock at night on election night that she was going to win. I mean, there was neither side saw this coming, but here we are. And here, here we are. A lot of reporting on the transition, uh, the transition process, and how much infighting there is. It seems to me, guy, that that there there has been no break at all in in the overall desire of the media to do everything in their power to just just slam Trump at every other. There was not even like a two day respite from this. They just continue on with. Uh, he's in over his head, he's a racist, he's a buffoon, all this stuff. And the transition team process is something that they're using as as a continuation of that, it seems. Right. And that's, I think, part of the danger, because I think he will make mistakes and do bad stuff as president, and he will need to be held accountable and called out for those things. But the media and the left has cried wolf so many times, not just during this campaign, but over many years. I mean, a lot of the same attacks and smears they employed against John McCain and Mitt Romney, they kind of recycled the playbook against Trump. And I think just a lot of people are tired of hearing it. That it, it doesn't register with them anymore. And rather than engaging in some self-reflection and maybe picking battles or whatever, I mean, it seems like they want to just keep going with their same playbook that just failed them in an historic fashion last week. Um, and if that's what they're going to do, I mean, that they seem intent on being uh, marginalized and rendered more and more irrelevant in the minds of a lot of people. And I do think one of the 
benefits of Trump, and you know, you know how I feel about Trump generally, and my my thoughts on his knowledge and character and temper, uh, temperament, none of those things have changed. Um, but you know, I'm not blind to some of his positives. One of which is I think he would sign good stuff into law. Uh, whereas Hillary Clinton would not, and he's got a great opportunity right out of the gate on a Supreme Court pick, which is hugely important. That's one of the things I'm happiest about, most excited about, if he, and, I, and I do hope he keeps that promise. But he has an ability, obviously, to go over the head of the press and to attack the press. Pretty, I mean, They attacked him, and he attacked them right back. And part of what his supporters really loved about him was he's going to be a fighter, and he's going to fight every step of the way. And, and sometimes... I thought he fought stupidly. I thought he picked wrong battles. I thought he overstepped and did things. But the fact of the matter is it worked. And he is going to have an ability as a president to kind of speak to the country, not necessarily as a conservative Republican, but as like Donald Trump, you know, the brand, like the Donald Trump branded presidency and just say, you know, this is this is what we need to do. For Americans and these these lying these lying people in the press, you know they've been they've been wrong about everything. They lied about me and attacked me during the campaign. They're lying about me now, but I'm doing what I promised to get done, and you elected me. I, I think that's a pretty powerful message. Now, do you think that there obviously a, a part of the reaction in the media that we're seeing after the Trump uh, the Trump victory is from the sort of shock and disbelief of it all? But also, I'm getting a sense, and I wanted your take on this, that there's an anxiety in some quarters that some parts of, of the mainstream press realize that uh, they don't have quite the same sway as perhaps they thought they did. They went all in on Hillary, and it wasn't enough mm-hmm. to get her elected. And they're probably, I mean, I know there's been some talk about whether there would even be press credentials for certain organizations, uh, but they're probably not going to have the access that they think they should have, never mind that they have with the Obama administration, to a Trump presidency. And I, I, if I were Trump, i got to say, I'd probably feel the same way. Yeah. I mean, they, like the New York Times and NBC News and some of the other outlets, they should all, of course, have press credentials to the White House. I mean, when, when the Obama administration attempted, especially early on in 2009, to try to shove Fox News out of sort of the legitimate realm of, of the media and, and ostracize them and treat them differently, a lot of the other outlets stood up for them. Uh, or for us, I should say, as I work at Fox. And I think conservatives very rightly went nuts uh, with that approach from the Obama administration. And I don't think it would be wise for the Trump administration uh, to try that in the other direction. But I absolutely agree with you that there is a concern among especially the establishment, like old school press that recognizes more than ever and, and are reacting badly to the reality that they went to the wall to defeat Donald Trump, and they failed. Um, and in the case of the New York Times, not only were they all in against him, they also took the unusual step of endorsing in a bunch of Senate races all over the country. I mean, New York Times is ostensibly a New York paper, but they were endorsing the Florida Senate race, the Missouri Senate race, North Carolina, all over the place. And most of those people that they endorsed also lost. Uh, you know, the Republicans holding the Senate by a four-vote majority is just sort of uh, breathtaking um, unto itself. And the House majority barely dented at all for Republicans. I mean, this was a decisive, not just a blow for Trump, 
Uh, he ran behind many Republicans all over the country, if you look at the margins. This was a, a very powerful rejection of the left, a very powerful, comprehensive rejection of the left. And we haven't even talked about the state level, the governors, state legislatures. I mean, they are decimated. And the, and the American people have had their say. The press has been on one side of this cultural battle for years and years and years, and a lot of people were fed up with it. I mean, actually, not to get too self-promotional here, but I really think our book, End of Discussion, is more relevant than ever because we talked about when you are shaming and bullying people for simply disagreeing and trying to really silence them and, and declare them de facto evil, you are going to build up a lot of resentment and eventually there's going to be a backlash and holy hell was there a backlash. I have to say, even for the Clinton campaign, claiming that FBI Director Comey was was responsible for their defeat, yeah. not only do, do I have a hard time believing that, but I see my main man Bernie Sanders had a, <laughs> had a difficulty swallowing that explanation from the Clintons. It just seemed so, so petty and so low, and yet another thing to add on to the pile of, I'm really glad Hillary's not president. Whatever people think about Trump, I'm really glad it's not Hillary. Oh, yeah. And I mean, just I, I'm not someone who wants to revel in other people's pain. I think that can be mean. And, you know, elections are hard fought. There's a lot of people in the country who are deeply disappointed and frightened about Trump. And I don't want to, you know, tell them that none of their concerns are valid. But I will say that last Tuesday, Donald Trump helped helped make Schadenfreude great again, um, because there were so many little details that have leaked out, like, for example, the New York Times reported that the Clinton campaign was so overconfident that they were drinking champagne on Election Day. They thought they had this thing in the bag and started the celebration early, and that was a mistake. <laughs> and and it, is, it, it is also just deeply gratifying that Hillary Clinton can finally be held accountable for her constant career of lies and corruption and self-dealing and obfuscations and gutlessness, it finally came home to roost for her on a sort of a personal ethical level. And then also she spends these debates saying, I want to appoint judges who are going to be, you know, reliable leftists and limit the First Amendment, limit the Second Amendment, ensconce unlimited abortion, all this, all this stuff that really scared me on the courts. Donald Trump said, I'm going to do the opposite. I love Scalia. And whether, whether I fully believed him or not, he said it consistently over and over again and made that promise. And the American people had their say. And hats off to the Senate Republicans and Mitch McConnell for actually sticking to that Biden rule on Merrick Garland and blockading that thing under Joe Biden's uh, precedent. And now that the American people had their say, and we're going to hopefully get a justice in the mold of Scalia to replace Scalia. I mean, there's no way, no matter how critical you might be of Donald Trump, and I have been, if you're a right-of-center person, the idea that Barack Obama and or Hillary Clinton will be denied the opportunity to replace Antonin Scalia on the Supreme Court, that is just a straight-up win. So there are some real positives here. I mean, Guy, I appreciate you being willing to, to state them because I know you've, you've had more than your share of, of trepidation at a, at a Trump victory. But there are, clearly, there are some things that are good, other than just Hillary losing and the people popping <laughs> champagne now having sad faces. That's a, separate, that's a separate part of all this. But there will be some things that happen as a result of a Trump presidency well, that I think all conservatives would have to say are a good thing. 
That's right. And and going back to we we began the segment. I mentioned this off the record meeting with Paul Ryan this morning. And I'm not going to repeat anything that he hasn't said publicly, but when the speaker has come out and said that the plan is to hit the ground running in 2017 with a Republican House, Republican Senate, Republican president, uh, he's not joking. They have some plans in place with three or four priorities that they want to get rolling on immediately. And these are things that would have never, ever, ever seen the light of day in a Hillary Clinton administration, period. And they have at least some of them have a chance of becoming law under a President Trump. And so, you know, the, the whole infrastructure of the Republican Party does not disappear. And the conservative movement does not disappear because Donald Trump isn't a traditional conservative, which he, of course, absolutely is not. He wants to give and he's and he said this. He wants to give a lot of policy leeway to the Paul Ryan's of the world, the conservatives who have been, you know, fighting in the trenches for a long time and finally see an opportunity to see this stuff enacted. And I, the fact that you're going to have Ryan Priebus right there, you're going to have Mike Pence right there, for all the worrisome signs and worrisome things, like there are absolutely, I wouldn't even call them silver linings, there are big, bright spots here that everyone who is right of center can unify around and be excited about. And now going into uh, what's going to obviously be an interesting period here with the Obama lame duck presidency, it's already, at least to me, been made made very clear that uh, that there's this expectation that the powers that the media thought that were great that that Obama had had for the last eight Uh years, uh, now that they have passed into Trump's hands, they are becoming... Uh, you know they are rediscovering the constitution they are rediscovering yep. checks and balances they are uh, and they're even trying to say that for continuity of government uh purposes whatever that means I mean, it makes it sound like there's like been a you know nuclear first strike and we don't have a government anymore but you know what i'm saying sure. for for the purposes of government continuity he shouldn't undo the executive orders of president obama and for him to do no. so would be irresponsible Oh, no. so now not only you know is it is it Supreme Court victories that the left likes are enshrined forever and can't be overturned, but executive orders that they like are supposed to never be overturned. Well, and that's complete nonsense, um, and it's totally wrong. And this is what conservatives argued throughout the Obama years. We said, guys, you may not be in power forever, and you may like the things that he's currently doing with this executive overreach. But if this ends up in the hands of someone that you don't like, it's going to be scary for you. And the problem is they're going to point back over and over again to the Obama president, the Obama rule, whatever you want to call it. And so and we also argued, so that's point one, that's been vindicated. Point two that we argued was live by the executive order, die by the executive order. If you aren't going to do the hard work of governance, Obama was infamously bad at trying to strike deals and reach across the aisle and even just foster relationships even within his own party, if you're not going to do all that stuff and you're going to sit there with your phone and your pen and just try to impose stuff, if there's a Republican elected president, they can come in and just take out that same pen and strike strike these things down immediately. And a big part of what you thought might be a lasting bureaucratic legacy can be partially or even substantially erased very, very rapidly, and Barack Obama has one person to thank for that, and his name is Barack Obama. Yeah, there was no consensus building. I mean, this is this has to be uh, a, a part of the Obama administration that that the left uh, understands is not really up for debate or discussion. 
there was no there was no major bipartisan legislation. There was no real reaching across the aisle. It was Obama's way or the highway whenever he could do it. End of discussion. Exactly. And the other thing, as we move forward in this new Congress, the Senate, of course, is going to be a challenge in a lot of ways because there's 52 votes as a majority, and you can do some stuff via reconciliation, but you can't do everything. Certainly, uh, through reconciliation, and the Democrats will all of a sudden love that filibuster again. But if you're the Senate Democrats, you also recognize, okay, there's 52 Republican senators right now. But if you look at that map for 2018, and I, and I hate to already be talking about the next election, but the map in 2018 is really, really tough for them, where they have incumbent senators that will be defending seats in places like West Virginia and Indiana and Montana and North Dakota and Virginia, and Wisconsin, and I believe 10 states that Donald Trump won. And so, you know, if you're a, if you're a Heidi Heitkamp or a Joe Manchin or whatever, are you going to sit there and try to filibuster judges or, or border security or, uh, you know, Obamacare repeal and replacement? I mean, this, these are going to be some difficult decisions for Democrats who are looking at what just happened in 2016 and then realizing midterm electorates tend to be more heavily Republican <laughs> and say, oh, my gosh, you know, I could be I could be an ex-senator very soon if I don't have a robust bipartisan record to defend. Um, they're going to have to make some calculations and national Democrats may not like the decisions that they end up making, but they've got to look out for themselves. And that could lead to a lot of very interesting power politics for those whatever it would be, 8 to 10 potentially vulnerable Democrat senators. All right. Guy Benson is townhall.com's politics editor. He's also author of End of Discussion and a Fox News contributor. Guy, great to have you. We'll have you back soon. Have a good day. Thank you, my friend. The Buck Sexton Show. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply.